0: Do this look like work to you? You're listening to the Double A Balls Podcast with your hosts, Andrew Romanoa. I like that. That's what I'm talking about. I'll be the best cheerleader. Father Time apparently doesn't know Tom Brady's address. And Anthony Rinaldi. Love the hardwood. That's my passion. Houston, they don't
1: have a problem. Listen, you don't even have to listen.
0: The show starts now. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. This is the Double A Balls Podcast Friday morning edition for you. I am your host, Andrew Romanella, and alongside me, actually on the phone with me, is my partner, Anthony Rinaldi. Andrew, how are you? I am doing great, and as usual. Any chance we get an opportunity to talk sports, you know I love it. And any chance we get for our followers to lock in on us on Twitter and Instagram. Social media blitz. At double A balls on um, both. That gets me excited. And when they visit the website, DAAB Podcast.com, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Podbean to subscribe and listen to the podcast. And of course, PowerArm Performance.com for your apparel. Anthony Rinaldi, we have a interesting Friday morning dab lined up for the people, all centered around Major League Baseball, the type of baseballs. Are they juiced? Are they not juiced? The rule changes. We're going to dive into what we think they look like and maybe some rules that we have. Talk a little bit about the strike zone, the umpires. Just kind of dive into the game of baseball because there's been so much controversy over the last year of pace of play and keeping the game interesting and making sure kids want to play baseball and it's it's exciting and it's entertaining. And a part of that has been a spike in home runs. Since after the All-Star break in 2015, the home runs per team per game have spiked a huge rate. In 2015, it was 1.01 home runs per team per game. In 2016, it was 1.16 home runs per team per game. In 2007, it was 1.26 home runs per team per game. And the most amount of home runs in Major League Baseball history, history, were hit during the 2017 season. Anthony Rinaldi, Major League Baseball and Commissioner Rob Manford came out last week and said there is something different with the baseballs. They're not going to do much about it, but monitor the process. Is this a serious problem for Major League Baseball? Well, I feel like baseball, it's almost
1: one or two things. It's either strikeouts or home runs. It's kind of like basketball, the loss of the mid-range jump shot. i feel like there's nobody... Any more playing that NL style of baseball, that small ball? You move the runner over. You, you know, you, you sacrifice yourself for the better cause of the team. It seems like nowadays everybody wants to hit that 460 foot bomb, and then you know, trot around the bases and get his accolades that way. I don't know about you, Andrew, but frankly, I mean, look at my squad right now. The Yankees. I think they have what 87 total team home runs already something like that. I think it's close to that 88. It's, it's up there. They're definitely leading the majors. They're hitting bombs left and right. Frankly, they, that scares me a little bit in my own roster because I feel like we don't do the small ball stuff. And I feel like, what can you do? Can you, the baseballs are changed. How do they change the baseballs? I feel like they've been using the same baseball since
0: 1907. Well, and that is the argument, right? So last year, 6,105 home runs were hit in major league baseball. Prior to that, the record was held in 2000, which was the heart of the steroid era, 1,693 home runs hit. I mean, think about that. We're talking about 400-plus more home runs in an era where guys aren't juicing. So – I went online and I did a bunch of research and I found a great article from com. and we're going to tweet this out after the Friday morning dab if you want to read this article. So 538 Anthony went online and answered the question that you just asked. How can the baseballs seriously be changed? Well, what they did was they went on eBay and they bought a bunch of different game used baseballs. They went back and bought and had a baseball from the steroid era and then they went and they grabbed a baseball that is brand new just out of the box 2018 version and they had some baseballs from every different time from 2015 after the all-star break until present day and I think there were eight baseballs that they were able to examine and if you go online and you'll see it on the article there are x-rays of the baseballs there's weight different what they call bounciness of the baseball. The seams are lower. All of these things, all of these tests done on these baseballs have proven that they have changed. And what that's doing is a higher level of an athlete. Now it's almost like it's offsetting the steroids. The, the density in the baseball has changed so much. Listen to this because there's more bounce on the baseball because the density is different on a- Each player adds about 0.6 miles per hour to their swing. Well, when you're talking about guys throwing 95 plus, on average, that adds three more feet to each baseball hit. The weight of each baseball is about 0.5 grams of a difference than what it was prior to the All-Star break in 2015. Well, that adds about another half of a foot to each baseball hit. And then the last thing, Anthony, is because the seams are lower, because it's a more aerodynamic baseball as it flies through the air, that adds five feet on average to each baseball. So if you do your quick math there and you look at those three categories, on average, each major league baseball player is getting about 8.6 feet more on each baseball they hit.
1: You add that up with a lot of these stadiums nowadays, even getting shorter. I mean, I can talk about a bandbox that is Yankee Stadium, 314 down the line. You hit a
0: lazy fly ball to right field. Good gust the wind, Andrew. It's going to be a home run. Well, what you just sparked something in my mind. So you're right. And so baseball adopts the Humidor. It was two different parks, right? I know we talked about this on, on a prior episode to hopefully, you know, make sure they're limiting the amount of home runs, trying to, to handle this situation. Then they come out and they do a report about how the baseballs have slightly changed and they have to go through and look at their process. It seems like an obvious question, Anthony, but I have to ask it. Does that mean that if we automatically see a decline in home runs, one, it absolutely means that for the last three and a half years, the baseballs have completely been different. And two, that Major League Baseball recognized it and absolutely did something about it. Because if the home runs stopped being hit at this rate, something happened.
1: Right. And I, you know what? I've got to be honest. I'm a big fan of the long ball. You know, I, I grew up in the steroid kind of got caught up in that. Sosa and McGuire, you know, chasing down, hitting bombs left and right, and it, it seemed like almost every night when you watched or you turn on Sports Center, that was their main focus. MLB turned a blind eye to the steroid era, frankly, because it brought eyeballs to the game of baseball. And ideally, which is, that's probably their bottom line, is just to bring eyeballs to the game. I don't know, I don't know what the fix is, Andrew. T- you know, tighter balls. You know, is it better pitching? Are these guys just bigger, faster, stronger nowadays? Look at the Yankees. glyber Torres is our number nine hitter. He's got nine home runs already, and he's a 20-year-old kid. That looks like he's a buck 40 soaking wet. So I don't really know if it's the, the mechanics of these pitchers, the, the baseball being different. The, maybe they're juicing the bats, Andrew. Maybe these trees, these, uh, these big oak trees that they're using, these big mahogany studs that they're, 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 I don't know what it is, Andrew, but the home run ball, I think is key. Home run and strikeouts are key, I think, to baseball, taking that next step and getting that younger generation because kids, kids, wanna, kids love reading those stats. It's all about fantasy baseball, you know what I mean? It's all about whip, ERA, Ks, Ks per nine, your batting average, your OBP. It's, everything is stat driven. So I feel like baseball has an obligation to figure out, I guess, or, or kind of figure out what the deal is with these juice baseballs. Are they juice? Are they not? Did the humidor in Arizona work? Can we tell? Like, are, are the pitchers struggling now? Are the batters struggling? I really feel like MLB kind of has a, a whole set of new standards to kind of go over. You know, we, we see all these rule changes with the mound visits. They want to do a pitch clock. It seems that Andrew, let me ask you since you're a baseball purist, you've been playing the game since you are probably, you know, since you were walking. What do you think? about what are some quick, some quick tips you think that MLB could ensure that would you know benefit this league on a greater scale?
0: I love that you went there because baseball loves the home runs. Kids love the home runs. The generation that's going to grow up now playing this game and taking it forward loves the home runs. So you're right. It's not like baseball can go and say, hey, let's turn the cock back to 1985 and play small ball again. That's just not how it's going to work anymore. But – to your point, something, and they tried this year. A few different rule changes went into effect. You, you take the fact that the minute the last out in an inning is made, there's a two minute and five second clock on local TV, two minute and 25 second clock on national television for the pitcher to be done warming up, everybody be on the field, and the batter is ready to hit. You mentioned the mound visits. There's only six total mound visits in the game of baseball. So and what that means is the catcher can no longer run out to the mound as many times as possible because that counts as a team totaled mound visit. So those things have gone into play and it, I don't mind it, Anthony, it doesn't bother me. It's not really affecting the game because at the end of the day, on average, you probably only need six mound visits total in the entire game. Anyways, that's the first thing. The second thing is, Major leaguers do take way too long in between innings. I'm sorry, but I know and understand you guys made it there and you de- deserve some type of luxury, but it doesn't need to be taken three minutes in between innings. I'm completely okay with that. All of those things are good with me, Anthony. What I'm not okay with, and it's a touchy subject, is what happens if you violate those rules, right? If you violate the the six-visit rule, that's, that's pretty black and white. That's pretty cut and dry, Okay. But what bothers me is the pace of play stuff because we're talking about changing our game. We're talking about speeding it up. Do you know what the violation is? If your batter or pitcher is habitual in showing up late for that inning of play, the punishment. Automatic. Automatic. Out. automatic out. No. The punishment is you are subject to punishment via the league's commissioner's office. It'd
1: be funny if they put him in the dugout
0: corner for 10 seconds. What that? Like that. Yeah, or or one pitch has to be thrown with eight players on the field. But but that's my point, though, is is actions that hurt the game in theory need to come with consequences so people learn to not do those things anymore. Do I agree that because a guy took two minutes and six seconds to get on the field as opposed to two minutes and five, a team should start 1-0 as opposed to 0-0 in a count? Not really, no, but at the same time, if you're going to make a rule, whether I agree or I don't, the consequences for that rule, for, for breaking those actions, need to be worthwhile so that it actually affects change.
1: I don't, I don't know or I don't claim to be an expert. Obviously, I watch baseball. I played growing up as a kid. Probably one of the best sports to play as you, while you're growing up. You know, nothing better than being on the diamond, chewing a wad full of sunflower seeds. Got that big league chew in your back pocket, Andrew. Stirrups rolled up high. The smell of the grass. This may come as a shock to some of you peers, but I think... I don't know if it's going to speed up the game, but I have kind of my own little, my own little rules, changes I'd like to see. Frankly, I want to get rid of... I don't need to see the pitcher hit anymore, Andrew. I know that's a big staple of your National League um, nostalgia, but frankly, I don't need to see Jacob DeGrom swinging the bat. I don't need to see... Clayton Kershaw, who's probably going back in the DL with a bad back. I don't need him swinging bats. I'd much rather just see the DH rule implemented in both scenarios. I don't know if it'll speed up the game, perhaps. But, I mean, you'll have a lot less double switching. Theoretically, you could have a lot less pitching changes because you don't have to worry about changing that position out after four or five innings if your team's trailing and your pitcher's not that good. I don't know, Andrew. What do you think about getting rid of the D, adding the teams to the NL, or you think that's totally going to change the makeup of the National League?
0: It goes back to the purest thing, and it does completely change the makeup of the National League. And I, I think that you'll see. I think a continued spike if you were to eliminate the DH. Or excuse me, add the DH in the National League. And the reason why I say that is because think about how many pitchers in a National League game, National League lineup, or in their career pitching in the National League probably were saved with the fact that the opposing team's pitcher was coming up to bat. Struggling at the bottom of the order in an inning where you can't, or the floodgates are opening up. You've given up two, you've given up three. You got to somehow limit the damage. You, you, you're throwing a great game and you start to struggle, but then the pitcher shows, stands up, gets up to the bat, and hits a double play. That, to me, is where I think you'll see a spike in runs because there is no lie. And you've heard the debate before, Anthony, when you're talking about guys signing with AL clubs compared to NL clubs. When you heard the Astros going from the National League to the American League, it is a different game. You set up your lineup differently. The way you pitch a team is different. And and your Yankees are the prime example. The Houston Astros are the prime example. And now you can literally have nine guys in a lineup that actually are able to work together and make a dangerous lineup. Just think about it this way, right? If, they're, if the Yankees are a National League team, Andujar and Torres, which is so fantastic in the 8-9 at the bottom of the Yankees lineup, we talked about this on Wednesday, that doesn't happen. Andujar is hitting 7, CC Tanaka, Severino is hitting 8, or Andujar is hitting 7, Torres is hitting 8, And the pitcher's hitting nine, and and you get what I'm saying there. Now, all of a sudden, that lineup doesn't look as dangerous going from eight, nine to one to Brett Gardner and Aaron Judge and the big boppers in the middle of that lineup because it's almost like you now have an easy out down there. So as a guy loves baseball, I I love the NLA. I think it's the coolest thing in sports. What sport? You have it where when you go play in the finals, in the championship series, you actually kind of have to change the way you've played all year. So then the manager and the way you think about the game really comes into play. That is so unique to me and cool. But at the end of the day, I guess to answer your question, the long winded answer is I'm okay with it. I'm cool with it because also I'm tired of seeing pitchers possibly get hurt. I was at a game a few weeks ago where Jacob Degrom ended up going on the ten day DL from a swing. I just don't need that for my number one anymore.
1: Yeah, I've watched, I've watched too many pitchers strain and oblique, get caught up sliding, perhaps enduring as they're running the bases or something. You know, tweak a knee, throw out an elbow. Frankly, I want my pitchers hurling the ball 100 miles an hour down the middle of the plate. I don't need them swinging. I don't need them chasing a curveball in the dirt. Trying to try to move, try to advance the runner because basically, anyway, like you said, it's an automatic out for the most part. Uh, unless you're, uh, who was the pitcher from Colorado back in the day? Used to hit by Mike Hampton.
0: Mike Hampton, wasn't yep.
1: Hitting, wasn't he hitting bombs as a pitcher. And Madison
0: Gardner, Madison Bumgarner.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. By the way, he'll be a Yankee come trade deadline. The, well, I think least. the Giants. I think the Giants are out of it. I'm making that call right now. I think that's I mean, the pitcher. That's the pitcher you're going to see Brian Cashman make all moves for him, I think.
0: I mean, is it, is it only fitting that one of the best hitters in Major League Baseball would become a New York Yankee? I
1: mean, why not? Plus, that short port. Is, is he a lefty? I think that short porch in right field. Is nah. The
0: he's, the rev- he's the guy that throws left-handed but hits right-handed, yeah. Okay. Strong. See, I do that. Bottom.
1: I, I do that, too, Andrew. I play hockey lefty. Is that weird?
0: So do I. I, I throw right-handed and I hit lefty. I, I, play lefty. I, I play hockey lefty. I golf lefty. Well, that's just you're a weirdo. I am all over the place. We're on the topic of rule changes, and I, I thought it was a really good point that you brought up. And then we, we go to AL, NL, the DH. That's the easiest debate, okay? That's the easiest one to look at and change. Agree or disagree, Anthony?
1: Listen, I love taking care of the low-hanging fruit, Andrew. Let's clean up the easy stuff first, like stupid DH rule. Okay. So you agree? Yeah, I agree 100%. What's next? Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm the new man, Fred. I'm, I'm Commissioner of Baseball. I'm That's today, Andrew. That's the DAB is making changes today to baseball. Let's go.
0: I want a rule from you that maybe hasn't been talked about or has, but hasn't got a lot of track or whatever it is. I want something from you right now, and I have a few written down as well to help change the game of baseball. Obviously, the, the thought is in the positive. Well, this is just going to totally blow your mind.
1: Making a lot of lash, some, some feedback from the group here. I'm nervous. I, I, want, to, I want to say this in all, all due respect to baseball. I don't think it'll speed the game up, but it'll sure make it more entertaining. And I want to legalize steroids, Andrew. Wow. Let that, let that breathe for a second. Wow. And I say that because, frankly, I don't want to see my backup center fielder out there. I don't want to see my everyday utility guy. I mean, he's good. Don't get me wrong. I love little Ronald Torres, but I don't need to see him playing 130 games a year. I don't need to see in every sport across the gamut. You should legalize steroids and make it like, so the doctors have to initiate the steroids. Like you can't have players like A-Rod going in the closet with his cousin, sticking needles in his butt. No, but have a doctor actually prescribe a steroid and give him the dosage that he needs to get him healthy and back on the field. I don't want to see, I want to see Mookie Betts. I don't want to see Clayton Kershaw on the DL. I don't want to see my guys going down hurt, missing 60 days because of a strained oblique or something. You know what I mean? Like, If a doctor will regulate the steroid use, and it, if it's monitored by you know, doctors and, and whatnot, and, and every team is following, which obviously you're not going to get that. Every team is going to try to you know, cheat the rules and get ahead and, and do what they ought to do to, to win. But frankly, if I can see the best players playing 145, 150 games a year, Andrew,
0: Sign me up. Uh, Here's the only argument to that, because health in baseball, but health in all sports has been huge. We saw NBA change their rules this year because so many stars were resting that they wanted them now to give them a reason as to why they weren't playing a game because they're on the other side of the fence. There's too much rest and too much health in the NBA going into the playoffs. So I understand where you're coming from. The only problem is, the only argument to that is the effects that steroids have on your body and your being later on in your life. It's just like talking about football when you talk about concussions and CTE. Yeah, maybe in the moment it's fine, but 10 or 15 years down the line, problems start to happen with your health because of what you did there. And as the game of baseball, would you rather have maybe Mookie Betts get hurt and his recovery time is two extra weeks, three extra weeks, because he doesn't take steroids, but 15 years down the line isn't bashing the game of baseball for the way they treated him, or they knew that the side effects were going to be bad, and they legalized it, and then they allowed him to put himself in a dangerous situation for the betterment of the game.
1: That is a great argument, Andrew. And frankly, one I don't want to hear it from you. No, I'm just
0: kidding. I do get um, where you're coming from, though.
1: I, I get where you're coming from, too. And I, I think that if you were to to control it through, you know, governmental medicine, whatever, however the the governing body of, you know, I feel like guys who were, who did steroids back like, like McGuire, Sosa, I'll even say Barry Bonds, even though he's never got, te- you know, failed a drug test, let's say. Those guys were stacking steroids, were doing stuff for months at a clip to get friggin' huge. Like, like, the D, you know, D-ball, taking that stuff that gets you all mountains of muscles. I'm saying if a doctor were to prescribe Mookie Betts, let's say, HG, a certain, like, 20 milliliters of HDH, you know, shoot at them every, every so often, kind of like a cortisone shot. Like I can't be, those can't be good for football players or, you know, basketball players who get the cortisone shot in their knee or in their arm. And they That's go out true. And play. That's a good point. So I don't know what kind of damage they're doing to their body because they're just, they're just numbing their body, basically, to the pain. And they're going out there and performing their tasks. But I feel like if you did a certain amount of, like obviously you'd have to do a study starting now, kind of see the side effects, and you know, go through the whole FDA regulations. But I feel like if you're pumping a guy full of human growth hormone at the right rate, I don't think you're going to see the side effects that you'll see of a guy who's doing it in the back of a GNC, you know, putting a needle in his butt, you know, moving around the steroid, taking it for two three months, stacking it with other steroids to get you know sh- massive, then doing steroids to get cut up. You know, those are the crazy, you know, the crazy steroids that people are using to get big and muscles. Yeah. Those aren't going to help you heal quicker. But I guarantee if you gave, you know, any, any, any of these guys on the DL a little bit of HDH, some, some better types of uh, what's the rehab, you know, I guarantee we wouldn't see many of these guys on the DL. And it'd be a lot more of these top end players playing
0: 150 games a year. And I wonder how much of an effect, if you do get them regulated and something positive was able to come of that, how much of an effect would it be to where, when you come into the start of the season, which is probably the most frustrating thing as a fan in the entire world, when an 162 game baseball season starts and three weeks in, your favorite player or one of the best players on your team or one of the key players on your team goes down with like a hamstring injury, i.e., Yoanis Cespedes, and every single year, You're like, why is this dude out for six to eight weeks with a hamstring injury? Can we not find a way to get this thing fully healthy? Does taking some of that stuff in the offseason get your body even more prepared to not even be hurt um, on the front end and not even get hurt and and have them help you? But are you allowed to regulate a three-month period in the summer where you take them? Obviously, to your point, you have to go through and study. You have to find out what, what the effects are and how it would affect people later on. In life, but it's an interesting debate because, in, at the end of the day, black and white, cut and dry, steroids saved baseball. And, and as much as we probably did need to take them out of the game once it got too deep, at the end of the day, they saved the game of baseball. And we are here today, most likely because the steroid, actually probably a hundred percent likely because the steroid era existed.
1: Right. I mean, look at your boy, your Wayne missed eighty games last year. And he's probably en route to miss about that much this year. And your entire lineup, DeGrom, went on the D- 10 day DL, he said, for swinging the bat. You got your boy Thor on the DL for the finger. Matt's went on the DL, but it looks like he'll be all right. Not too long of a stint. I, just imagine what it would be like if maybe if, if, if David Wright didn't miss know, the last 12 decades of baseball because it was bad back and neck.
0: You know, You're right. We haven't had a
1: third baseman since. And again, I get it. Steroids, it's such a taboo idea. But
0: maybe steroids is just the word we're using. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I think it's the concept steroids is what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is taking the benefits of steroids, maybe the benefits of, of this recovery hormone, of, of that strength building hormone, of, of this amount of protein, of that creatine, whatever it is, and, and trying to develop what could ultimately be the most safe, but also the most technologically advanced for the player, for whatever the case is, to help these guys and be at the best they can possibly be.
1: I know we're kind of ending the, the, the Friday dab today on, on drugs and sports, but I would love to have a whole dab on drugs and sports. Because, Andrew, I think we can do a whole lot better with, the, with every, all sorts of kind of – I'm not saying drugs like cocaine, heroin, and sports. but
0: Absolutely. No, absolutely. There,
1: there's been great studies in the, in, the, in the NFL with medicinal marijuana helping with concussions – that seems to fall on deaf ears because the big pharmaceutical companies don't want to hear the, the uh, positives of medical marijuana. You hear the word marijuana, all you think things we think of people getting stoned out. You think of J.R. Smith getting stoned out in, in the clubs being a knucklehead. There's a lot more medicinal aspects to steroids, you know, HGH, marijuana, all these things that we, sh- we, we probably are studying. There's probably myriads of, of reports on it, but for some reason, the, the, the sports world, the industry doesn't want to take on I think the negative connectivity con- con- of steroids and marijuana, as I, ha- as I air quote the crap out of those two words, because those are kind of taboo words and they don't really mix with sports, Andrew. But I'm going to tell you, we could probably do a lot better for our players if we were to introduce medical testing for certain kind of drugs legalized in the sports arena. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I, I'm sure, I think the, the first one that came to my mind when you said that was Adderall, um, because of how many guys, hey, back in the day, especially in baseball, were, and I call them greenies, yeah, back a, in the day. A, a tub full of them, you were you your just in the- popping them like M&Ms, and that's how they were getting locked in, and don't, you, don't, you are naive. You are very naive if you think that steroids, that Adderall, that marijuana, that insert any drug that a player believes can help benefit them over the course of a season in professional sports is completely out of the games, will ever be completely out of the games. No. And that's why it is such a sore subject. But at the end of the day. You might as well look at it and say, all right, if this is going to keep going on illegally, how can we regulate this? How can we make it safe for our players? How can we do the best we possibly can to put them in a scenario where they get what they want and we get what we want? And now everybody's finally happy. But I have one change for you that I just want your quick opinion on. Give it to me. A lot of people talk about, and I have two, but you know, one of them is the strike zone. I, I think the strike zone in baseball needs to be looked at. It's, it's not what the old strike zone is anymore. There's been a bunch of research on it about how one, the a, the umpire, the way the umpires call the strike zone for a lefty compared to a righty, and then b, the height and and, and the, 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 the bottom part of the strike zone. Is it the same as it's supposed to be? So I think that's a whole other subject in itself. But the one I, I, I thought was interesting was extra innings. And the reason why is because hockey changed their overtime to three V three. And that was something pretty different. The NBA has kept theirs the same, but really, I mean, for the most part, how many games in the regular season really go to overtime in the NBA? Um, cause they don't even care about their regular season to begin with. Football changed their, uh, overtime so that each team can get the football and everyone has a chance to win, right? Well, I think baseball needs to look into that same thing during the regular season because you talk about injuries, you talk about excitement. My idea is one of two part. It's either A, in the 10th, 11th, or 12th inning, right away, you get a guy on first or second base, probably first base. I think second base is messed up. You get a guy on first base, right away, boom. Try and get it moving. We've done this in tournament baseball before. Maybe try and get some runs. The games don't go 14, 15, 16 innings in the regular season when really managers and teams can't afford that many arms throwing. Or this is my other one. You play regular baseball through 12 innings. If you don't have a winner by 12 innings, each, each coach gets to pick three players and you get to have a, a five or, or six swing home run derby off between the two teams.
1: Wow. Home run derby off.
0: It's like a shootout in hockey, is it not?
1: You're right. You're right. I mean, and we have that in hockey. I was going to say, uh, uh, do you, though? I feel like a lot of hockey people don't appreciate the shootout. Uh,
0: and I'm sure a lot of pure, pure baseball people would be like, what the hell is this guy talking about? You just play baseball until you have a winner. That's the beauty of baseball. And I get it. But I have this. It's, it's, this is what we deal with in college baseball and recruiting right now is the type of kid has changed. So we... As the coaches, we as the people that are moving the game forward, need to understand that we need to make some change. Maybe those are ridiculously drastic, but I really don't see what's wrong with playing. If you play 12 innings of flat out knock down hard baseball on April 30th, You're going to tell me that both teams, both organizations, both GMs aren't going to say, yeah, I'm cool with you guys just having these dudes take five swings each and seeing who hits the most home runs, and we'll get out of here that way. And maybe it becomes a thing in hockey where it's like, all right, it's a win, it's a loss, or it's a loss in overtime. So you still get a point. I know they don't get points in baseball. Those are all the things you'd have to figure out. But at the end of the day, I think that all kind of goes into that pace of play aspect and what you talked about before, which is the health the health of these arms, you might save on average five innings on some big-time arms for teams. That's a difference maker. That's, that's Andrew Miller not falling apart for Cleveland in the playoffs against the Cubs. That's a Raldis Chapman not falling apart for the Cubs, maybe not having as many innings on his arm so that he's healthier coming to the Yankees. That's all of those things inside of one.
1: Uh, I like all those ideas, Andrew. I don't think you're going to see I don't like the idea, actually, of putting a, a man on base because that that'll totally change the dynamic. Because right, you put him on first. The next guy's obviously going to bunt him over, and then a single will score that run. Theoretically,
0: Will they bunt him over. Though?
1: You're right. Sorry, like, <laughs> goes back. To my uh, I'm contradicting myself because I said nobody plays small ball anymore. <laughs> but in that instance, you you have a guy on automatically, you're going to. I think like most managers will tell the guy depending on who's up. But I like the uh, and I don't hate the idea of the of the home run off. That's kind of a, a cool little thing, probably for the fans more, more than anything. Yeah, absolutely. But I think after the if, – if, if you're tied to ninth inning, I say you, you just let the managers pick who's up next. Kind of let – just get your best players up. Who, there's no order. If you want Judge, Stan, Sanchez up in the, in, in, the top, in the bottom of the tenth if you're the Yankees, then that's your order. You know, you, you go to the umpire, you say, all right, here's my I, – I want these three guys up, you know, and you go from there, I guess. Try to get one of those – try to get your big bopper up to hit a walk-off. I think that would be something a little bit easier on the, on the baseball purist than – Go away adding. from the
0: traditional lineup, but it's still the same game. I like that.
1: And then and instead of adding somebody on base, which will just, I think, screw with the pitcher's mentality and totally change the dynamic of how a game is played and or ended because arbitrarily there's a guy standing on second base just because we made it past the ninth inning. I don't know. There's definitely no. many rules that Rob has, exactly has to address. I think the pace of play is, is, has picked up a little bit, I'm sure. about five up.
0: minutes of a difference. It's about a five-minute difference. It's still about three hours, some slightly less. The average last year was 3.05. So, I mean, listen, we could, we're, we could go on and on because baseball is one of those sports that it is so different than the other three sports without having a clock and the game doesn't really end and the defense holds the ball instead of the offense. I'll go on and on and on. But, of course, remember, you have to go – on Twitter, and on Instagram, social media, boots at A Balls on both, Podcast.com and iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Podbean to support the show, to tell your friends, to share it, to rate it, to do whatever you can to help the A Balls Podcast take leaps forward, and of course, poweronperformance.com. Get your gear, get your apparel, get your coffee mugs, your phone cases, get it all. Anthony Rinaldi, it is always a pleasure.
1: Tell your friends, tell your friends, dab on them on a Friday, folks. Have a wonderful weekend. Stay dry. Andrew, I'm out.
0: I am Andrew Romanella. That is Anthony Rinaldi. We are the Double A Balls Podcast. Friday morning dab, edition eight. We out. This has been the Double A Balls Podcast, powered by Power Arm Performance, your leader in baseball and softball training apparel. Visit PowerArmPerformance.com to get your gear and begin training the Power Arm way today.